Hi, this is The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are discussing parenting in the early years and the importance of routines and hospitality. Now, we have some special guests in here with us again. Mm. Almost like they just never left. <laughs> Almost like we, that. We just, we just decided to keep you guys here. We just can't get rid of them. It's We've fantastic. So we have the lovely Tanya No, wife to Jeff No, and party planner extraordinaire. Oh, there you go. Decorator you go. extraordinaire. Matchmaker. Fellowship matchmaker extraordinaire. It's great to have you, Tanya. And we Thank have you. Dave Hubs, who I hear might be retiring soon. Pretty Ooh. soon. <laughs> yes, can't wait. Yeah, and he's going to pour in all of his time into ministry, which is fantastic. I've heard that too, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, but really, we're grateful for you, Dave, for serving even while you're working now. And we know you will not waste your retirement. You will honor John Piper in that wonderful book, which is a great book. I highly recommend it. Don't waste your retirement. Okay, that's not why we're here today. Though. No. We're here to talk about one of those special components of raising a family in the establishing of that family unit, those norms that define the no family, the hubs family, uh, those traditions, those routines that help to make you guys you. Uh, what what did you choose to dedicate your family time towards? And, and how did you orient your family towards honoring God in the small moments and the big moments and even just enjoying each other and enjoying the time together as a family. So today we want to discuss what you guys practiced, what you learned along the way about building those, those habits as a family uh, and the fun aspects too, just building those family norms and traditions. So let's start here. As you think about those early years, what was one tradition that you wanted to establish early on and why? This is a fun one. It is a fun one. And it's a loaded one because there's like so many traditions. Yeah. Um, it's, I think that this is going to be a unique thing to every family, just like every parenting unit is unique and your children are unique. It's really going to be something that kind of takes on its own flavor based on who your kids are. So, you know, if you have boys that are all boys and they're roughhousing and they want to do sports, that might be the tradition that you route you go to and you won't necessarily say we're going to go to the ballet every year for a tradition. So it's going to be unique to your family and what you enjoy and what your kids like. Um, early on, um, we had a couple of fun things that popped up. One of them was just Saturday morning donuts with yeah. dad. It was just roll out of bed in your PJs and Foster's they all donuts. went down to Foster's Donuts yep. together. And the kids just thought that was just the highlight of the week. And so it's like, oh, that's an easy one, you know, we can do that. And so he did that for years and years and years when the kids were little and that they had a sleepover with friends. We're like, guess what we get to do on Saturday morning? It would, they were so excited about it. So it was just a simple little thing that was just a tradition that didn't, it was just born spontaneously. And I think that a lot of traditions can happen that way. So if you have an experience with your kids and you just go, wow, that was a winner. Think about how can we repeat that? How often should we repeat that? If it's a high ticket item like a Disneyland, maybe you can't do it every year, but maybe you save up and okay, we're gonna save up and try to do it again. And you talk about it often and you remember it and you you know relive it and look at the pictures and that type of stuff. Those types of things seal in memories for your children. Um, I love the holidays. So I was big about Christmas traditions and it's really easy to build in spiritual lessons around that. Um, but our church, when, we, when our kids were little, did a Bethlehem reenactment every year. 
And we took the kids. In fact, Tyler was a baby, Jesus, one year. But we took the kids every year. And it was just so- It didn't rub off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so precious to see, you know, Chandler just wanted to, you know, they give you shekels and you can buy things in the marketplace. And I mean, they had camels. I mean, it was a full-blown reenactment. It was wonderful. I'm hearing a church event for us next year. Oh, it was. Right here. Len's already got the idea for the manger. I can see him sketching it in his head right now. Yeah, it was really fun. But I remember Chandler, they're just at five. Just, I, I want to buy something. No, I want to give my shekels to Mary to help take care of baby Jesus. Oh, that's like, precious. Yes. You know, it was, it was just, it was really cool. So those types of things. And then I had a book that I was given when we got married that was a record your traditions in this thing. And so yeah. I would, dil- I still do it. I have my second volume now. Um, and every year I record those traditions so that I can go back and look at it. And at the beginning years, we probably had... 12 different Christmas traditions everywhere from, you know, cutting down the trees with the Utleys. We did that for 23 years straight. We went and cut down our fresh Christmas trees with the Utleys every single Christmas, Um, all the way to, you know, baking cookies with Grammy and different things. So it it can be your unique thing to your family and, and don't put a pressure on yourself. You know, we've done this four years in a row. We have to continue to do it. If it loses its verve, if it gets too expensive, if the kids don't care anymore, it's okay to say, okay, well, let's make a new tradition and hold loosely to them, but you're still building memories. You're still building into your children, into their love banks, into their giftedness and their talents. And, and um, just, pri- but prioritize that memory making with your children. It will really be important, I think. Yeah, some of it is spontaneous, but some of, us all, some of it also has to be uh, intentional. And, and the reason behind the donut thing was very simple. I was gone Monday through Friday, long hours. And so I wanted the kids to feel very special with dad on Saturday morning. That was my time. So they always got excited. It's Friday, dad's home. We look forward to donuts. We talk about what kind you want this time. And so I would just say to any of the guys listening, if you're gone Monday through Friday, make the weekend a big deal with your kids. Really, really spend time there. That was huge. Mm -hmm. The other thing we were really, we're already doing this with our grandkids. We make church exciting. We talk about how fun it is. Like Colson already, it's like, we're going to church. Build that into your kids. It's a let them know it's a special time, but you can do that early on. And that was a tradition we talked about all the time. How exciting it was to go to church. It's huge. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so we had a couple, and they were intentional. Uh, one was at Christmas. We um, we gave our children Christmas gifts, but we never opened them up on Christmas Day. And we always waited until the Epiphany, which was like twelve days later. And some people would think that that's abuse, that's child abuse. <laughs> but our, our children actually grew to love it and respect it uh, because we felt that the presence kind of distracted from Christmas Day, mm. Mm. distracted from from the meaning of Christmas and focusing on on, on Christ and, and the Christmas story. So that was one of our traditions. The other that, that was... That, that that I really enjoyed and looking back, it's probably the most significant thing I did was I tucked all four children into bed at night, every night, and I sang them the, the Nighty Night song. And it, <laughs> oh, please do it, Dave. It was, Come on. It sounded like, Dave, Dave, Dave. It, Dave. What is it? it? Yeah, I don't and know the Nighty like, Night song. It sounded like a, a drunken man. So, <laughs> but, but my children just thought it was wonderful. But, <laughs> but, but, I, but as I tucked them in, and I, I prayed for them every night. And I, and I prayed for them out loud. And I prayed that the, the thing that every Christian parent wants for their child more than anything else, and that is that they would grow 
to have hearts that love the Lord. And so they heard their dad every night pray for them that God would give them a heart that loves him. That's awesome, spiritual That's leadership. Yeah. Bedtime, is, is so, bedtime yep. routines are phenomenal. Yeah. So, so think about it. Think clearly about what you want to create. Uh, make it something the kids look forward to, but that prayer time is huge. That's good. You know, talking about routines, you know, bedtime's a key one. You know, waking up in the morning could be another one. How did you think through the routines when they were really young of, do we do sports? Do we do sports at a certain age? Do we wait until they choose? How did you think through even extracurricular activities when they were really young? And I'm asking you guys because I I know you guys' histories. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay, Dave. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we were a sports family. I know you guys were oh, too, yeah. a sports oh, yeah. family. Um, but uh, we, um, we wanted to communicate that church is a priority. Mm-hmm. And so invariably, if you, if you, you know, if your kids do really, really well in sports, then yep. they're playing on Sundays. Yep. And for that, that, for, for that, that wasn't much of an option for us. It doesn't mean that we never played on a Sunday. I don't think we had a hard and fast rule about that. But generally speaking, you know, we did sports, but we made sure that it didn't interfere with, uh, with, uh, with church. And then in terms of extracurricular activities, because we homeschooled, we were always doing stuff with the kids and with other uh, Christian families uh, that, were, um, that were just really enriching to be with other Christian families and do things that, uh, that really built us up in the faith. Yeah, we, cool. I mean, we thought, we thought it was really important to our, for our kids to, even Chandler, who wasn't naturally athletic, but Tyler was, but both of them, we want to give them that chance to, to go out there and, and meet other kids and to, to, to meet unbelievers and even have mm. those conversations, which was really interesting. And they mm-hmm. would see the difference between Sunday school and the kids that they played with. And then being able to talk them through this idea that sports is, is, is fantastic. Winning is great, but it's not an idol, right? Win or lose, you can learn something from it. And some of our biggest lessons that we walked our kids through were the losses. Yeah. And when Tyler had a bad game and he knew it. So how do, you, how do you now walk your kid through that type of situation? So it can, be, it can be really, really helpful. You just can't make it an idol. And what Dave said is important. We, we played, Tyler played football. It was always Saturday, never Sunday. He got good at baseball, heart baseball, wanted to do Sunday stuff. And we said, nope. We just can't do it. It's it's so we told the coach up front. Sunday's non-negotiable for us. Tyler understood that. Never even never even questioned it. Like that's we go to church. That's we love the Lord. So those are things you build in over time. Yeah, that's really good. You know, one of the things uh, that that is involved in a routine that we might not talk about as often is this idea of hospitality and service. Now, for us, you know, and knowing you guys and knowing at least for the you know last ten years or so and fifteen niche or so here. Uh, I've been able to witness you guys in your heart of hospitality, your heart of service. How did you do that when your kids were younger? How did you, how did you just establish that home where it's welcoming to others? It isn't just isolated, just, just you guys. Yeah, there's a, there's a temptation. I think COVID really kind of messed us up a little bit too because it gave us that comfortableness of just being by ourselves. Um, but it's dangerous. It's not a good place to be. Um, I grew up in a home that was overtly hospitable. I remember my parents, we bought this house and then they added this huge, massive room on the back of the house. And when that room was done, dad gathered us there. We prayed and dedicated that room, well, and technically the whole house, but that room specifically to the Lord's use. He went to the pastor and said, 
anything you need ever is going to be done in that room. No questions asked. And it so was. we were hosting, par- I mean, it was constantly being used. So that's what I was kind of used to. Um, when we bought the house in Castaic, we stood we there the and prayed thing. over yep. it and said, Lord, this is your ministry home. Um, do with it as you will. And um, we wanted to teach that to our children and have that kind of same mindset. Um, it's hard when your kids are little. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's schedules. There's so many things to consider. Um, but I had the mindset or tried to always have the mindset that I'm training up a future servant of the Lord. I want her, I want him to live in a place where they know how to be hospitable. So I remember teaching Chandler how to throw a dinner party and you got to invite five of your friends over and this is how we do a dinner party. This is how we set a table. This is how, you know, and she did that. And she did that several times. And, um, uh, Tyler, the same thing, like, let's have your buddies over. Let's, you know, and so, and we also felt too, as a parent, we had the ability to really watch our kids if their friends were at our house versus going to somebody else's mm. house. And it wasn't that we never let them go to other people's houses, but I wanted to be able to sit in the kitchen and hear this conversation between these young boys or see what they choose to watch on television or see, you know, those things. And um, so it was a dual purpose there, you know, we were being hospitable. But then, you know, as far as the church is concerned, our house is anybody's house. You guys can use it however you want to use it. And again, it's the Lord. So, um, We've just kind of always had that mindset, especially. But when they were little, we had to be more intentional about it. Jeff wasn't in ministry. We were not quite so close together as we all are in this valley. So we had to be more intentional about it. But welcoming and having friends over. And as a family, you can just sit there and go, okay, what's reasonable for us? Maybe we can't have people in once a week, but we certainly could do once a month or we could maybe do every other Sunday afternoon or something. And then as a family deciding which other families do we want to encourage and who else do we want to get to know better? Or who do we want our kids to be around? And um, and then be intentional about inviting those families yeah, over not, and getting not together. Not waiting for others to invite you, but, yep. but being the one who says, we want to open our homes and and then reaching out and inviting. And if people don't return your call, don't be offended, move on. Right. <laughs> Find some folks who want to come over, but, but but make your house available. Yeah. You know, Tanya, you kind of even answered the next question, but I'd love to hear if you guys have more thoughts on it. But how do you how do you encourage young parents to balance just taking care of the needs of the family, the the normal, regular needs of the family? Jeff, you mentioned working the Monday through Friday out of the home most of the day. You come home, you, you don't have much margin with your family. Yeah. You know, Dave, I don't know if you had a similar dynamic when, when the kids were younger about working outside the home when you're, yeah, you're just, you're gone for most of the day. How do you balance that? And then also just not only caring for your family, but giving your family the opportunity to serve others. You just do it. <laughs> I mean, you there's just, no easy way, right? You just got to do it. I mean, when you you just mentioned taking care of the needs of your family, this is a need of your family. Yes, mm. serving other people is a need of your family. It's your kids need to be brought into that mindset of there's other people. One of the things, Connor, I just, I love Connor. I love Connor and Kaylee. They're just a wonderful couple. But one of the funny things about Connor is that he never walks into our house empty handed. 
I don't know if it was his mom or it's just a quirky thing that he decided to do, but he'll walk in with literally some trinkety little thing. I think he stops at 7-Eleven on his way over and buys something for everybody in the household. And I watch Elsie runs in and says, here, Colson, I got you some bubbles. And here, Miss, you know, Tanya, I got you some flowers. And so he's teaching her how to serve others, even going over to somebody else's house with as little as let's buy a $1 gift and give it to that person. And I watch her and I'm like, wow, she is learning. She she gives, she doesn't want it back. I, you know, Colson's not there. Colson gives something very tentatively, you know, he holds on gripping, like, I'm not sure I want to let go of this. And she just generously gives and he's teaching her to do that. So we have to look at that mindset of that's a spiritual component for our kids' lives that they need to know and they need to learn. They're not going to learn it unless I model it. And so we have to, again, look at the parameters of your family and maybe say, we can't do it all the time, but when can we and what can we? Um, and what will help our kids, you know, be outside themselves and serve others. Sure, sure. sure. So kids learn how to do things through their parents, right? Mm -hmm. So they learn the importance of church and how to go to church and how to worship at church by watching their parents. They learn how to pray by watching their parents pray. They learn how to read the Bible by watching their parents Mm -hmm. read the Bible. And they learn how to minister to other people by watching their parents do it and actually doing it with their parents. So I agree, Tanya, 100% with with what you said. That, that to the extent possible, we tried to involve our kids in ministering as a family. So at the church that we attended before Oak Hill, uh, lo and behold, it was a mobile church as well. And we oversaw children's you ministry. You guys have a pattern of choosing <laughs> we, those churches. We oversaw uh, children's <laughs> ministry together. And we, uh, we did the setup because it was, and so, but we involved the family. So the kids came along and they helped us with the setup as well. So they were doing it alongside us. So those types of moments are, are just precious when the, when the family can come together and minister together, when you can actually be in ministry with your wife and then bring your kids along. Amen. Man, that's so good. Yeah. And one thing too, I think sometimes it's very hard to say, okay, you know, um, I'm going to attend such and such thing, you know, like the, it disrupts the family. If you struggle with getting to things, offer to host it. It's much easier to have somebody come to your house and the event happen at your house and then everybody leave than it is for you to get the babysitter, get everything loaded up, get over to the event and then come back. And so it's actually easier to serve if you just bring people into your home. So maybe you call Carol Steele and say, hey, I'm willing to host one of the, you know, the women's groups one night. Can you guys want to come over here and I'll make some cookies and, and your family see that? I remember one night, Jeff hadn't been in ministry very long and he was at church and this bus pulls up right as he's ready to leave to go home. And this bus pulls up and the guy says, hey, we're here to spend the night at the church. And Jeff's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Jeff was covering the whole thing that weekend. Senior pastor was on vacation and he's like, and the guy's like, no, we we have a contract to stay here. And he's like, ah. They were on their way to Mexico for yeah. a, for a missions trip and stopping halfway down right. to Castaic. And so they had made the arrangements, but nobody communicated with us. And it just so happens the church bathrooms had gone out that day. Oh, no. So yeah. Jeff calls me and he goes, honey, coming home. There's about 70 people and they're coming to our house. Yeah. And we and we tried wow. other things and nothing else was gonna work. And so they came in and I remember just, okay, here we go, kids. And it was wall to wall sleeping bags in the front room. We had no furniture. We hadn't lived here very long. So we had no furniture in that front room. They're camping in the backyard. They're in the kids' rooms. The kids are in our room on the floor. So their rooms are given up. And our kids' eyes were like this big. We're like, 
this is what you do when you serve the Lord. That's you so good just for them. give it away, you know? And they and, sat and they sang worship songs in our living room, yeah. all of them together, and yeah. our kids witnessed all that. It was it was really, really, really yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you just gotta be willing to go where the Lord yep. leads and hold loosely to it. It's not your house, it's his house. Let him use it. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I'm hearing from you guys. It's, there are those particular moments you you take captive, whether it's, the family routine at bedtime or, you know, a Christmas tradition where you're setting eyes on Christ and not on the gifts and the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are those particular things. And then there's just the norm and thinking through the regular schedule that you go through. Hey, you know, we create a rhythm of life. And in that rhythm of life, there's going to be the fun stuff and the sports and the games and learning how to 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 lose well, yeah. uh, and then learning how to win graciously and then uh, learning how to... Uh, yeah, just be involved in other people's lives and not be so isolated, not be so self-focused. All those principles seem, seem really key uh, to balancing both the, the schedule of life as well as being part of the body, serving mm-hmm. others. I mean, we see that in, in the nature of hospitality. Yep. Well, great. Thank you guys for being here again. Tanya, Dave, love having you on the show. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. being willing thank to be with you. us. Uh, we pray for everyone else that this conversation helped to renew your minds and reform your hearts, and we'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree.